Welcome into J&B Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm Bobby Levine. Alongside me once again, folks, Jackson Schroeder. How's it going, everybody? Glad to be back once again. Hopefully I'm a little louder this week, (laughs) so we don't have the introduction like last week we got a little heated and i was whispering to you i I liked it like that i think it should stay like that oh absolutely well we're gonna get started here and talk about the world series it is the end of october almost november and your cleveland indians are red hot right now facing off against probably the best team in baseball the chicago cubs how do you feel the indians are faring so far right now it's game one it's two nothing in the third inning, the Triber up, but how do you feel the rest of the series, Jackson? Well, I love the Indians' chances, and going into the playoffs, I was not even expecting them to beat the Red Sox. The Red Sox were red hot, uh, especially their offense. They were ranked first in just about everything, but the Indians proved that they could run through that. They could run through the next series against the Blue Jays, which was surprising, but th- they're pitching really well right now, and they've got some hot bats. They've got some hot bats in uh, Francisco Lindor and Mike Napoli. Um, we'll see. I think that the Indians are going to beat the Cubs in game in five games. I think that uh, Mike Napoli will probably get the MVP. He's been red hot. I love the way he's been playing. But the way Kluber's pitching right now, he could too. But I definitely say Indians take it five, maybe six games. Okay, so I'm agree with you there. I think the Indians end up winning this World Series as well. I know it's very odd that we are agreeing on some things. I'm going to go into detail a little bit more, though. When it comes to postseason baseball, the best pitching team wins more than 90% of the time. Last year, the Cubs were eliminated on getting beat by pitching. I bet my boss at the time that the Cubs were going to get swept by the Mets. The Mets ended up sweeping them. It was a very lucky bet. I ended up winning a nice cheeseburger for my boss. Shout out to Cheeto, who worked at Boyd Market at the time. But moving forward, the Cleveland Indians only have three starters. They have Kluber. Bauer and Tomlin. They're running on a three-man rotation, an unbelievable performance by all three of those so far this season. And then when you get to the bullpen, it gets even better. I mean, I, I haven't seen this where Kluber finishes the year eighteen and nine. You leave after he leaves the game after five or six innings. You bring in Shaw, or you bring in Andrew Miller, who, in my opinion, will win the MVP of the World Series. And then you have Cody Allen to close out the game. I mean, you can't get by these bullpen guys. I've never seen a position where a an offense is like, let's hit the starter so we don't have to face the bullpen guy. Usually it's like, okay, can we just get through the the starter and then we can face the bullpen and score our runs. I think the bullpen is 10 times stronger for the Cleveland Indians than it is for uh, the Chicago Cubs. I think the only arm to worry about is uh, Aroldis Chapman from the Cincinnati Reds a couple years ago who was a flamethrower. Yes, he could throw the ball 103. It's very hard to hit him. But the problem is that he can't go extra inning. He's got his max top pitching limit to like 25 pitches before he's gassed out and his fastball takes a tremendous hit. So I think the Indians take advantage of this uh, young, very young, studded Chicago Cubs team who has not been here. I mean, obviously you have Lester who has been there for different teams like the Red Sox. But other than that, like Arietta is falling apart, and he's their number two right now. I think Bauer, hopefully Stitches can stay on for game two, moves ahead and pulls ahead and ends up winning this series. I, I, I'm i with you, though. I think they take the first two at home and put all the pressure on Chicago going back home this weekend. I completely agree. That bullpen for the Tribe is deadly. and But they're not the only pitchers that are deadly. Corey Kluber, through three innings, has more strikeouts than any Indians pitcher in World Series history. I know they, they, I know they're not there every single year, but that's a pretty impressive stat through three innings. He's got eight strikeouts for three innings. That's crazy. Um, Bauer is a great pitcher. 
the Cubs the Cubs are struggling right now, but they they will settle in. This will be this will not be a blowout series. The Cubs will be in every single game. Arietta has struggled, um, but he turns it on here. He 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 knows where he has to be, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. I five or six games. I think the Indians take this one. They handle the Cubs, but the Cubs don't just give up. I say they win at least one. The problem I have looking at this with Theo Epstein and, and, and Madden as their manager, they brought back Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has not played since uh, April 7th of this past season. He tore his ACL in a collision out in left field in uh, Arizona. They bring him back, and he's in the starting lineup today. I feel right now the Cubs are in a panic mode, and they shouldn't be. They've won over 100 games without him playing. Why take another roster spot of someone else? And, I, and if I was another person on that team and is not playing because of him, like Wilson Contreras, who has been lights out so far behind the plate. I mean, right now, his last couple of games, he's got three hits combined, three runs, a home run, and an RBI. That's unbelievable right there from a guy that has been playing all year for this Cubs team. Schwarber has not been in a game since early April. I mean, you're going four or five months without playing, and you just expect him to come up in the biggest situation of his life and succeed? If he gets on the base pass, the kid can't run. He's still trying to come back. They're trying to push the injury back too soon. If he gets hurt, I mean, it's a complete liability move, and I'm very dumbfounded by this. You're panicking. I feel like that. I know you want him to come back and 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 hopefully win a World Series for you, but the guy's still going to get a ring if you win, whether he's playing for you or, or on the bench wearing a, a sweatshirt. I'm just really confused and like why you're taking an arm away from your bullpen and Rob uh, Zasrinski. Um, but, I mean, you do you if you're mad at it and uh, Epstein, you guys have gotten this far, but I would have not have made that move and, and tried to push him back too early like that. No, I wouldn't have made that move either. I was so surprised when that happened. Th- this player has been without the team for, throughout the duration of the entire season. It was season. week one when he got hurt. Yeah, well, week two, I think. It was, early. It was the second it, it, game. But, yeah, it, insane insane decision to put him back in the starting lineup, and I feel bad for whoever he, he took his spot. Um and the same the same thing goes for uh, the the Cubs pitching staff. They're struggling right now. John Lester to open up this game th- struck out the first struck out the first two. I believe so. Yeah, struck out the first two batters he faced, and then with two outs, the Francisco Lindor hit a single, and they went on. He he walked the next hitter, and then and then uh, got another walk and. The ba- he found the bases loaded, and was, he was hitting guys. He was hitting guys to bring in runs. You can't have that from your ace pitcher on, in the World Series. This is the most. This is crucial. This is crunch time, and he's hitting people to score runs. That's I mean, ridiculous. He's giving saying, the game away. They, they were saying right when the uh, Joe Buck said coming into the uh, game one that he is their ace. He's been carrying the team so far this postseason. It was Davis struck out, and then Kidmas lined out the first to start the first inning. Okay. Lindor singled, then he stole second because he can't throw over to first base, which is a huge liability. He he, he would throw in the left, or excuse me, right fielder into the uh, stands behind. Uh, Napoli walked, Santana walked, and then he uh, infield single by Ramirez, and then Geyer got hit by a pitch to make it two nothing. That's where we stand so far in the bottom of the third, and it looks like Santana um, might have hurt his knee rounding second base. Um, have to keep an eye on that. Also, uh, Kipnis has a very, very bruised ankle. I don't know if you saw it from Bleacher Report earlier today. I thought it was a joke, but in the celebration after they beat the Toronto Blue Jays a week ago, end up celebrating a little too hard. Maybe a little Bud Light was involved in that one. I think it was champagne. One of the two. Anyways, an adult beverage ended up making him twist, and that was pretty badly bruised. But 
Jackson and I both agreeing the Indians will win this World Series in five or six games. He's in between there. I still think five games is my set-in-stone cement pick. Moving forward to college football. Last week, if you're from Columbus, Ohio, like myself, week eight, it was not a pretty one. Ohio State went down in Happy Valley to the Penn State Nittany Lions. Right now there is what could possibly be a three-way tie in that Big Ten East division Ohio State now six and one, three and one the Big Ten and against and then Penn State is now five and two and three and one, all looking up at Michigan, who's that top dog. They gotta play Michigan State this week coming up in East Lansing. So I know Michigan State has been struggling all year at two and six, but everyone's gotta keep an eye on that one. What were your takeaways from that Ohio State game? Um, well, I was not expecting them to struggle this much against Penn State. I was expecting them to struggle, be outscored in the first quarter like they always do, especially on the road against a tough Penn State team. But I see this Penn State team falling off in the future. They've got some They've got some tough games uh, coming up. Um, at Purdue next week, they could lose that one. They finish this, the regular season against Michigan State. Um, this was really surprising me, for me because I thought Ohio State was possibly – tied with Alabama for the best team in the entire country, and I still think they might be. Um, They only have one loss. They've got an easy way in. If Michigan stays undefeated and Ohio State beats Michigan, um, hopefully Penn State trips up somewhere there. Uh, Ohio State's into the college football playoffs. If you're a Buckeye fan, you do not need to panic at this point. Ohio State just has has a great road ahead of them, has a good possibility. to get into the college football playoffs, but it was just a poor performance overall. If you watch that entire game, there were some crucial, um, arguable calls, really, but um, Ohio State deserved to lose that game. They did not play well. Urban Meyer was being very conservative, possibly like it was a taste of the old Jim Trestle days where this Ohio State team relied too much on their defense. When you've got JT Barrett at quarterback, you need to do everything you need to utilize him he's one of the best playmakers in the entire game of football right now um disappointing loss for the Buckeyes but don't be too upset if you're an Ohio State fan because they could easily find their way back into the college football playoffs with that last win over Michigan I'm gonna come in a little hot on this topic on a couple of things Ohio State played back-to-back road games on primetime on ABC and hostile environments the Big Ten Wisconsin the week before, who was ranked in the top 10 at the time and still is, they barely walked away in an overtime win there. Then they go to or go to Penn State and do the same thing. Could have pushed into overtime and maybe found a way to win. But, again, everyone forgets the situation. Penn State had a bye last week. They had two weeks again to prepare for Ohio State. That's two weeks in a row on the road against teams who had uh, two weeks to prepare for an Urban Meyer Ohio State team. Ohio State is tired right now. They got outcoached the end. The missed field goal, the blocked field goal, I thought was a horrible call. You call a timeout. They rushed the kicking unit on. Durbin was out there, barely set. Obviously, all the defenders can see what the play clock is, knew what it was, busted through the line, blocked and ran it back for the touchdown. If they just miss it, it forces Penn State to try to go down there and score a touchdown, which they only did one time prior to that game or prior to that on offense. So, in my opinion, Everyone's pushing the panic button right now. I would not. Ohio State has a very tough schedule, as you said, coming up. They went out. They'll be fine. This week, I am very worried if I was a Northwestern fan. Ohio State is going to come out pissed off. Urban's going to get his boys ready and ever, and I feel like they're going to blow them out at home. It's the first time playing at home in a very long time. Urban Meyer likes being at home. 
like every other team should like playing at home, especially in 105,000-plus fans. I think they come out, look strong. They stay, obviously, in that AP top six area and let everything fall into place for you. Obviously, you like to hold your own destiny, and you do that by playing Michigan later later on the season and possibly a Big Ten West team in the top 15. So we'll have to wait and see. Moving to the SEC, your home bread and butter. Alabama once again putting a beating on a top 10 team, a ranked opponent in Texas A&M. No Johnny Manziel heroics this year from a Trevor Knight uh, Aggie team. Is Alabama a lock for your Final Four right now? Oh, definitely. I don't see them losing another game. If you look at their, if you look at the Crimson Tide's schedule, they're pretty much already through the thick of it. They've got LSU. Well, they've got to go at LSU um, next week, which could be t- tough, especially if that game is actually at night. It is to be determined at this point. Um, but they, but they, then they obviously play the rivalry game against Auburn. LSU's ranked 19th. Auburn's ranked 15th. I don't see Alabama tripping up in either of these games. They always come out and play a good game against Auburn. Um, we'll see. I think Alabama is a is is the real deal this year. Middle of the season, towards the end of the season, is always when they play their best football. Um, the one game I could have seen them tripping up in it was that was that uh, Mississippi Ole Miss game, uh, and they ended up pulling out of that game. 48 to 43 tough one but the crimson tide are rolling right now they're confident and they are the best team in college now football. let me ask you something i have two things real quick their uh cornerback eddie or safety eddie jackson is done for the year how big is that impact on that great defense of theirs and number two right now alabama holds a one game lead on a&m Auburn and LSU, you can pretty much say one and a half game on A&M because they have a tiebreaker over A&M. But they still have to play Auburn and they still have to play LSU. LSU and Auburn have already played, so that series is over. If LSU or Auburn ends up tripping up Alabama and wins out and Alabama does not get to go to the uh, SEC championship game, do they find their way in the Final Four? Would that make it a possible way for the SEC to find two teams into the Final Four? I'm going to answer your second question first. Okay. I think that Al- – first off, I don't think Alabama will trip up. But, you, ne- I mean, did you think Ohio State was going to lose to Penn State? No, I did not. Exactly. exactly. Okay. But um, I think that Alabama, they won't be in – if that happens, they won't be in that SEC championship game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they don't make the SEC championship game, will they be able to make their way into the Final Four as the second SEC team to do that? Because if the winner of the SEC, regardless, should make the Final Four for how hard their schedule is – beating up on each other but if Alabama doesn't find their way into the SEC championship game do they find their way to the four seed because if you win SEC you're probably a two or one. okay see that's tough and that's why the college football playoff is expanding over the next few years because Alabama is if they do trip up like in Ohio State Ohio State's schedule is set up for them to make it back into the college football playoffs they always say lose early it's a lot yeah 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 exactly and and that's and that's tough I mean but then you go back to the days where just a few years ago when there was no playoff and it was just the top two ranked teams when the number three possibly or the number four could have been the best team in the in the entire country so you never know Alabama I don't think that the committee would put in two SEC teams I I think that they have they would have an argument to but I don't think that they would end up doing that. I think they would put up whoever won the um, 
SEC because that's like the right thing to do. If they beat Alabama, they won their way in. They won the SEC. They're the best team in the SEC, the best conference, whatever. I still think that Alabama is the best team in college football right now. So in my mind, they should be in, but will they be in? Probably not. Okay, now looking at the top 25 right now going into week nine, there's only a handful of one-loss teams. There's still a lot of undefeated teams, but Louisville has one loss, Ohio State has one loss, A&M has one loss, Florida has one loss in the SEC East, and Utah in the Pac-12. We're not going to count Navy because they're not in the Power Five. Out of those schools, can you see all those teams possibly having a chance to make the Final Four still? If so, which teams, and if not, why don't they not have a shot? Okay, well, let's start with Texas A&M. That would work in if if Alabama trips up. We just sort of talked about that, but but I don't see that happening, so I'm going to eliminate Texas A&M. Okay. My number one that could still get into the college football playoffs is Ohio State going through that road. Um, but let's take an interesting way. I, I like Louisville. I still think that Lamar Jackson, he will – Without a doubt, he is the fries, uh, the Heisman front candidate, the front runner right now for the Heisman Trophy. I think this Louisville team, if they can handle Houston, and if they can pr- prove that they're a great team and win out with maybe a trip up from Clemson, um, they could find their way in. I think that they are still a very viable um, candidate for a spot in the college football playoffs. I think that they could play with the best teams in the NCAA. Um a few things would definitely have to happen in their in their favor for that to for that for them to ma- actually make it in. But I think that they could definitely play with the top four if they do. Um, so I'm rooting for them. I think that they will beat Houston, who has tripped up a little bit. That'll be a good game, closer than everyone's anticipating right now. But Louisville will come out with the win in that one. I'm gonna look at a team in the teens. That is the Florida Gators in the East. The East is a lot easier road to take to the SEC championship in the last probably six years in the SEC than the West has been. They play Georgia this week, your Bulldogs, who have fallen off the map tremendously. Right now the Bulldogs sit at 4-3 and three and 2-3 and three in the conference play. Then they play at Arkansas. Arkansas, in the beginning of this year, I thought was going to be a very good team in the SEC West. Not so fast. They're at 5-3, and three and they've only won one game in the SEC. South Carolina should be a cakewalk right now. They're 3-4. and four. Presbyterian game is canceled, so they don't have to worry about that. Then they end the year on two ranked opponents. They play at LSU, which was the makeup game that was postponed later this season uh, after a hurricane came through. And then they go on the road and play at Florida State. If you go to at LSU and at Florida State in back-to-back weeks in November and you come away with that and find yourself in the SEC Championship with only one loss in your record and you're 11-1, you are right there on the outskirts, if not right there in that 4-5 spot to make the Final Four. And If they obviously win the SEC Championship and then being 12-1, and one, you have to put them in. Oh, you have to put them in if they win the SEC Championship, without a doubt. I like them winning out. I actually do think that they're going to handle Georgia um, this week, sadly. But uh, they will handle the Bulldogs, and they're, they're going to make their way into the SEC Championship. Um, but... Whoever comes out of the West, probably Alabama, they're going to beat up on 
Florida or whoever makes it in years, the East. The, the West has absolutely dominated the East. Exactly, and, and I mean that's and that's the truth. The best conference in football is the SEC West. It's not the SEC East. You put those guys. You put a team like Florida or Georgia or Missouri in the ACC or the Big Ten. They're up there, but they're not even they're not even close to top dogs. You put some SEC West teams in those in those uh, divisions, then they would run it. I believe. I don't know. I. I think the SEC West is way stronger than the East, so I don't really see them, the the Gators, actually making it to the college football playoffs, even if they make it to the SEC championship. Okay, we're not having Chris on from Tampa Bay this evening because of the World Series, so I'm going to go with three key games to this week college football. I just want you to give me your winner on the spread and why. Uh, we're going to start on the Pac-12, huge game for the all eyes. On the West Coast, they have the number Florida Wash number four, excuse me, Washington Huskies, who are seven and zero against the number seventeen Utah Utes, who are seven and one and four and one. If the Utes want to make a run, this is it. They beat up Washington right now. Uh, they are having a great chance of moving forward uh, to that football Final Four. Washington on the road is favored by ten points. Who do you have and why? I've got Washington covering that spread. The Huskies are the real deal this year. You look at their scores and the points that they've put up on every single opponent that they've faced, no matter what their ranking was, um, they're killing opponents. They're surprising everyone. I don't know why they're still sitting at fourth, honestly. I think that they should hop the, the, Cle- uh, the Clemson Tigers. There's nothing besides maybe strength of schedule up to this point. That could be an argument. But Washington is running through their schedule, putting up 70 points on Oregon, 44-6 to win over Stanford. The Huskies are the real deal this year, and despite Utah being ranked uh, 17th, Washington still has a 79.2% chance of winning this game, and their offense have been, has been lights out. Browning has thrown for se- seven, 1,709 yards already in this season. He, the, the offensive numbers that the Huskies are putting up this year are incredible. They win the game by more than 10. Okay, see, I'm going to go on the opposite side of you. I'm going to say it's a close game in Salt Lake City. I think Utah is a very good team. I think their defense should hold up against Washington. I don't know how good the defense is in the Pac-12, but I think it will hold up to the point where Washington's struggling. I think it's a game going to the fourth quarter. I think Washington wins this game by seven to nine points. I don't think they cover the spread, but I would not be surprised if there is an upset in the West this Saturday. Moving forward to the Big Ten at 7 o'clock, all eyes on the Big Ten West, thing in the West Coast kind of thing. The Nebraska Huskies, Cornhuskers, excuse me, not Huskies, it's Washington. <laughs> Nebraska Cornhuskers are sitting at 7-0, ranked 7th in the nation. Face off against the number 11 Wisconsin Badgers, 5-2. and two. This game's in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favored by 9 points. Is Wisconsin the real deal, or is Nebraska being undefeated need to be taken more serious by all the voters? Um, No. The, the Cornhuskers will lose this game. Did you say they were favored? What you... Wisconsin's at home favored by nine points. Wisconsin, ooh, nine points is a lot, but I, I like I like Wisconsin to cover the spread in that in that game. I think they win by ten or more points because if you look at Nebraska, yes, they're undefeated, and you can make any argument you want to to um, to boost an undefeated team because no matter who they play, the strength of schedule, what have you. Going undefeated is a hard thing to do, and they sit at seven and zero. 
And up to this point, they should be ranked 7th in the country. But you look at their strength of schedule, and it is terrible up to this point. The only rank, ranked opponent they played was number 22, Oregon, and they only won by three points. And now Oregon is terrible, getting beat by 70, getting put, 70 points put up on them against teams like Washington. Wisconsin, if, they, if, if Wisconsin was not did not run into Ohio State and Michigan and play great games against those two programs, then they would be undefeated as well. Wisconsin is the real deal. They still are the best two-loss team in the country right now. Wisconsin wins out, no doubt, in my mind, and I think they hand it to the Cornhuskers um, this week at home, and uh, they prove that they are the real deal despite their two losses. Now, Oregon going into the Nebraska game was 2-0. and They've lost five straight games since that Nebraska Cornhusker game. Do you know when the last time Oregon lost five games in a row was? 1920. 1996. Hey. You're born, correct? Correct. There you go. So that is some throwback stats for you. Me as an Ohio State fan, I would love to see Nebraska win this game and set up a huge game next week in Columbus where all eyes would, again, be on prime time for Ohio State playing. And it would be the top – 10 probably top six matchup between both those teams but I do I'm agreeing with you I think Wisconsin's a a too good of a team for Nebraska to to contend with I'm going to say this is the Big Ten football game though it's going to be heavy doses of running from both sides I think Nebraska loses this game I could see 10 to 17 I don't think Wisconsin covers the spread though and then the last game at eight o'clock in the south the Clemson Tigers at 7 and 0, number 3 in the nation face off against the Florida State Seminoles who were 5 and 2. Again, Wisconsin has two losses, Florida State has two losses, two high-ranked teams with two losses still in possibly a talk for a final four spot if they can make some moves and beat up some of these teams ahead of them. Clemson's favored on the road by 4 and a half. Well, 4 and a half is nothing for Clemson because this is going to be a high-scoring game. When you've got Deshaun Watson and Dalvin Cook on the same field, you're not going to stick around 20, 14 points. You're going to you're going to be up there. Both these teams are going to put up big offensive numbers, so a spread like four and a half would be easy to cover for Clemson. I think that Clemson wins by at least a touchdown. Um, Florida State's been streaky. They've proven that they can they can turn it on and they can turn it off. They 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 have played really well behind Dalvin Cook and some other playmakers on this Florida State offense, but they struggle on defense, and if they're not hot on offense, they can lose week in and week out. So really it depends. These are two streaky teams. Um, I think I think Clemson, being the national runners-up last year, having a lot of confidence, still being undefeated up, up to this point, ranked third in the entire country, they've got the confidence um, right now to beat up on this Florida State team. They're going to end. I think that they will. They'll, it'll be a high-scoring game. They win. I'll, I'll, I've got Clemson uh, up by a touchdown. Let's say 48-41. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. It uh, looks like the Indians just hit a single solo shot home run. Um, looks like it just cleared the fence. So it's a 3 nothing. Yep, that is a home run over the fence there. It is a 3-0 score right now for the Tribe here in the bottom of the fourth inning for the game one of this 2006 World Series. The catcher, uh, Ramir- not Ramirez, I forget who it was. I'll have to get back to it. I literally just turned to it. 
Going back to college football, though, I think Florida State has an upset this week. I don't think Clemson's been playing to what everyone thinks it is, and I think the ACC is a very weird at the top. Louisville obviously got tripped up there on the road. I think the road teams in the ACC have very, very big problems. Florida State got blown out in Louisville. Louisville goes to Clemson and gets beat. I think Florida State takes care of Clemson at home at night, and I would expect a complete fuel rush by the Seminoles, even though they won a couple years ago. Obviously, Clemson was in the Final Four last year and was in the championship and lost by a touch on Alabama. I'm going with Seminole Nation this Saturday night. Expect the college football war to be flipped up once again. I hope so. As we said, though, when you think you have everything down, you think Clemson's going to win out, you think Ohio State's going to win out, you think Alabama's going to win out, something happens every single year like that. It's happened for multiple years now, Ohio State last week. It's not going to be the same this time. Like All these teams right now in the top four, come a month and a half from now when the college football playoff is set moving forward to the nfl we will talk about the nba next week when the mlb is coming to a wrap possibly and the mlb or the nba will be picking up but right now the nfl is in full swing a lot of big games last week including that pittsburgh steelers big loss to the patriots who the patriots came into pittsburgh tom brady and rob gronkowski hooking up for a touchdown and those Patriots are very dangerous right now in that AFC playoff picture and moving forward in the NFL. I think they're one of the hottest teams and possibly the front runner for the Winter Super Bowls. Or any team that you think you compete with them after Minnesota got tripped up this past week in Philly? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that there is. I think possibly the Seahawks could, with the Seahawks defense, could um could could uh, play with the Patriots a little bit. Tom Brady's too hot. He's gonna. The Patriots went. F- Three and one without Brady. Patriots fans were expecting them to go zero and four. Now that's not realistic, but I could have guessed two and two, maybe one and three. They performed and they could prove that they could win without Tom Brady against some tough opponents. Now Brady's back and he wants to win out. They're they're six and one. They're beating up on great teams like the Steelers at home. Even without Ben Roethlisberger, that's that's a tough thing to do with the offensive weapons that the Steelers have especially at home. The Steelers play great. The Patriots are hot. They're not slowing down. The only team that could possibly give them a run for their money is the Seahawks because they've been there before. They, um, they've got a strong defense that could, put, that could put a stop to Tom Brady. But other than that, I don't see anything getting in their way. You know what I love about the NFL season this year? Everyone's been saying the numbers are down, the ratings are down. Well, we're right in the middle of a presidential debate. Uh, obviously you get the postseason with the Chicago Cubs are in right now, so everyone's po- focusing on baseball. If it was a Cleveland Indians against a, let's just say... Uh, Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies, thank you. I was going to say Miami Marlins series, where nobody cares about any of those teams outside those major cities. They wouldn't care, but Chicago hasn't been to World Series since 45. So, I, or was it 48? Yeah, it's 48. 48, and the Indians haven't been since 45, so it's... I mean, it's it's been so long for the Cubs and the Cubs are such opposite, a opposite. opposite. Flip it over. Yeah. Okay, so forty five for the Cubs, forty eight for the Tribe. But I mean, Chicago is such a huge following in baseball, and it's just that curse feeling and and that the great uh, storyline for that is so great, and it's getting all these attention. But the NFL right now, if you look at it, we're going into Week Eight. We're about to be halfway done after this week for most teams. There's only a handful of teams that are eliminated from the playoffs. You get the Cle- we'll go start in the AFC. The Cleveland Browns are done. I don't care what you do the rest of the season; you are completely done. The New York Jets are in big trouble at two and five, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are trash. 
those are the only teams in the AFC right now that are eliminated from the playoff picture. Then you go to the NFC, San Francisco, the Chicago Bears, and I'm going to go on a limb and say the Carolina Panthers are all done. So only six teams, in my opinion, are eliminated. You look at these division races, they're going to be incredible moving forward. They're dogfights, absolutely monster dogfights. You look at the AFC North, you have the Bengals, the Ravens, all both at three and four, only a game behind Pittsburgh at four and three. I, I think the Ravens fall off. I think it's going to be a battle between the, the Steelers and uh, the Bengals. The Ravens started out three zero. They lost four games in a row. Well, I think that was just that stat. was just lucky. They didn't they didn't play great teams. They played the Jets and they played the uh, Browns, and that's where their wins came from. And they, yeah, they got lucky against the Browns as well. Yeah, you look at the AFC South. The Texans, Colts, and Titans are a dog fight again. Th- two, three, and four teams, and one, four, and three. The AFC West, even the San Diego Chargers are turning around their fourth quarter woes in the earlier this season. They've on a two game win streak. Everyone in that AFC West has won the last week. Uh, the Chiefs and Chargers are the last two teams that are both on two-game win streaks. The NFC East is, has every single team above 500. Usually that's the laughing stock division of the league the last couple years. Good for them for coming back. I don't know if any team's legit except possibly the Cowboys. Uh, the AFC or NFC North, you got the the Lions, who are surprising me, especially the Packers and the Vikings, are all above 500. And then the uh, South, I mean, that's anybody's game except the Panthers. So I'm excited moving forward. I think that a lot of teams have a chance to make the playoffs, but I think only a handful have a have a real opportunity to win the Super Bowl. I think the Patriots are one. Obviously, you got to throw in the mix of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. But if you want to be a young team and root for someone really, really fun to watch, watch out for the Oakland Raiders. Derek Carr and Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree are a whole bunch of fun offense to watch. You got Murray running the ball, and their defense is a lot of fun with Khalil Mack. They go out there. It could be like the old school times. We get the uh, silver and black out there. Some scary fans out there in uh, Oakland. Yeah, I hope they. I hope they don't leave Oakland and go to Las Vegas for some for money. I mean, there's such a good fan base in Oakland, and there has been ever since the. Ever since the Raiders fans in L.A. still remained Raiders fans when they went to Oakland. I mean, Oakland's got a great, or the Raiders have a great fan base in Oakland. I, I, I hope to see that program, especially when they're starting to turn things around right now. 5-2 and two overall, 4-0 and oh on the road, which is crazy impressive. Um, I hope they don't go to Las Vegas for money. There's not a great no. fan base Their there. owner said they're going to remain in Oakland for the next couple years, regardless if it does get passed. We'll have to wait on that. Moving forward, I'll pick three games in the NFL. You tell me who and why. First game at 1 o'clock, the Patriots play the Bills. The Bills lost last week to the Miami Dolphins, who are finding some weird comeback after they looked terrible the first couple weeks, including that Thursday night loss to the Bengals. Uh, the Bills were the hottest team going into that game last week, lost their 4-3 and three at home, facing against the New England Patriots. New England's on the road, favored by 6.5. Do they win by a touchdown or more? Um, I think the Patriots win by a touchdown or more. Um, the Bills got lucky. They they beat the Patriots on their last game without Tom Brady, and the Patriots had too much confidence going into that game on their own home turf against the Buffalo Bills team that is very dangerous. I mean, this Bills team can win any week and they can lose any week. It just depends on how Rex Ryan gets his guys motivated in the locker room beforehand in the week leading up to the, to the game. But the Patriots have Tom Brady. Their their only loss was to the Buffalo Bills in Week Four, and they're ready to 
make a statement and blow out this Bills team like they always should have. The Patriots didn't score a single point in the first matchup against Buffalo. uh, Watch them score lots and lots of points, especially Tom Brady to Gronkowski this week. Well, I got on both of my fantasy teams, so I'll be hoping for that (laughs) one. But Sexy Rexy loves playing his favorite coach there in Belichick in New England. This time they're at home, though. Expect the Buffalo natives to come out full force, pack that small stadium of theirs, and I would not be surprised if they beat him again. I mean, I think it might be a high-scoring game, but I think going on the road back-to-back weeks, including Pittsburgh and now Buffalo, are very hard places to play. Obviously, Pittsburgh was a little easier this past week without Big Ben and company, but I think the Bills definitely cover that spread, and they might pull off an upset there. A little bit later there, you go down in the NFC, you have the Green Bay Packers at 4-2, and two, everyone talking about if Rodgers is back or is he falling off the map. And then you got the Atlanta Falcons who are also possibly falling off the map. They are four and three right now and only one and two at home. Atlanta's favored by three points at home. Do Matt Ryan and Hilly Jones finally get back on the winning ways? Well, this is this is a game between two struggling teams right now that have some huge uh playmakers who could be these both of these teams could be playoff championship caliber teams right now with all the weapons that they have on offense. Um Atlanta, that loss against the Seahawks, that was acceptable. It was a two-point loss against a great team, and the Falcons were on the road. This past week, they were at home against a struggling San Diego Chargers team. That's unacceptable. Um, The Falcons have a great offense, but they don't have a great defense, and that sort of goes for the Packers as well, except they've been struggling offensively as of late. Eddie Lacy has not been the running back that he had, that he was the first couple years that he was in the NFL. He has 71 carries for 360 yards and no touchdowns yet this season. That's your starting running back on one of the best teams in the NFL, or supposedly one of the best teams in the NFL going into the season year in and year, year out. Aaron Rodgers, you don't need to worry about him quite yet. He hasn't been performing like... like everyone expected he only has 1,496 yards through the air this season but he still has 13 touchdowns Matt Ryan has 16 touchdowns to put that in perspective and Matt Ryan has 2,348 yards through the air Um, Aaron Rodgers is still getting the job done scoring touchdowns but that leads to the Packers being one-dimensional they need to get their stuff together in Green Bay and they need to get get it together in Atlanta as well I see Green Bay doing it first. I see them beating the Atlanta Falcons in the Georgia Dome this week. Okay, so I'm going to flip it on you a little bit there. I think the Atlanta Falcons come out and surprise a lot of people. The Green Bay Packers have played four home games in a row up in Green Bay. They have spent the last month in their beds, not having to worry about a away opponent, and going down south to the uh, was it the Georgia Dome still for one more year. And then it'll be Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, okay, so you have two Mercedes-Benz in the same division. But regardless, (laughs) I think Atlanta needs to get this win. Uh, Last week, the Packers beat up the Bears. But the week before that, Dak Prescott ran all over with him and Zeke on that Green Bay Packer defense. I think Julio Jones is too good for this defense that Green Bay has. And I think uh, hopefully the defensive line there for the Atlanta Falcons get pressure on Rodgers because he has not looked the same late in games. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons covering that spread and possibly upsetting the uh, Packers 
or not, I guess not pulling up an upset, their favorite. I think they win that game and cover the spread by three. The Sunday night game, last game we're going to talk about before we wrap things up. Eagles, four and two against the Cowboys, five and one. We have a couple star studded rookie quarterbacks going head to head in Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. Who wins this game and who is the real deal here in the NFC East? Well, I think that the Cowboys win this game and they cover the spread. I think that they win by a touchdown. The Cowboys have proved that they are a great team by beating, by blowing out teams like the Packers and the Bengals. And um, their only loss came in week one by one point to the Giants. That's when this team was still getting stuff together. They had rookie they had rookie players going into that game. Dak Prescott was getting his first ever start um as long along with Ezekiel Elliott. They found their groove there. That offensive line is incredible. They are they deserve every single um they deserve every single award in the NFL right now for how they're playing. I think that the Eagles are very streaky. They could they could win and they could lose pretty much every single game that they that they go into. Carson Wentz, um, he can turn it on, he can turn it off. They've lost to teams like the Lions and the Redskins, who are not great. But they can also beat a team like the Vikings and the Steelers. I don't know. The, the Eagles are too streaky for me. I could see them getting hot and turning it on this game, but Dallas is too solid. They're, the Eagles are a very confusing team. Right now they're 0-1-1 in the division. But like you said, they've beaten up some big teams. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers are very tough to play, and they just beat Minnesota. They handed Minnesota their first loss, and we were high-headed on the uh, Minnesota Vikings before that week. I know the Minnesota had to leave their dome and end up going to Philly, but, I mean, this NFC East division is so weird every year. The last, I think, eight years, there's been uh, one team has won twice every single like every between the eight years. Um, looking back at last year, though, for this uh, Eagles team, when they play the Cowboys at, in Dallas, they won in overtime, 33-22. I'm going to give a huge shout-out to my old roommate, Matt Fazio from Philly. I'm going to go with the Eagles flying high in Dallas. I think they get up for that Dallas game every year in Dallas for some reason. I don't know why. I think Wentz is, is very cool, calm, and collective underneath the pressure. Um, and they upset the Cowboys. I think that uh, – Dak will finally come down, and then everyone will be talking about, will they bring Romo back in time? But, uh, yeah, I think that Dak Prescott folds at home. The last couple years, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have gone down to Dallas and beaten the Cowboys in uh, Jerry's world. So, to wrap things up, we have the Tribe agreeing that they're going to win in either five or six. Ohio State still has an opportunity to come back in that Final Four. Right now, Alabama is sitting the top dogs. They cannot slip up, though, late in the year, or they will be in serious trouble. And uh, the NFL is slope for grabs, except the Patriots right now staying hot. Exactly. Is that all you got, Jackson? That's all I got. All right, we're going to wrap things up here a little early, earlier than usual. But thank you again, Jackson Schroeder, my partner in crime. I am Bobby Levine. We will see you same time next week, everybody. Have a great night.